T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Live coverage from ABC News. Here is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. Bernie Sanders is about to formally endorse Hillary Clinton. We're two weeks from the Democratic National Convention and the party is striving for unity after an endless primary campaign that elevated the self-proclaimed socialist and independent to progressive icon. An event with Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton is underway in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. ABC's Brad Milkey is there live. Brad. Well, Aaron, here in the Portsmouth High School gym uh, right now, Gene Shaheen is making a speech about to introduce Senator Sanders and Hillary Clinton, who are expected to take the stage together. This is the biggest development uh, since President Obama gave Hillary Clinton her endorsement. Now you'll have Bernie Sanders, who's dangled it around her, uh, above her for uh, weeks, saying that unless she moved further to the left and became more progressive, that he would not offer his endorsement. But in just the last week, we've seen several new proposals from her. Obviously, a play to get on his good side and get on the good side. It is many, many ardent supporters who viewed her as so untrustworthy, Aaron. Her boisterous supporters, and to their point of her being untrustworthy, as she's about to take the stage in New Hampshire, the Attorney General of the United States is testifying before Congress about a decision not to charge her with crimes over the emails that she used when she was Secretary of State. So Hillary Clinton needs all the support she can get two weeks before the Democratic Convention, and she's about to take the stage in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, with Bernie Sanders. We're speaking with ABC's Brad Milkey, who's on the ground in Portsmouth and at the event where Senator Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire is about to introduce them. Brad, has he dropped out of the race yet? No. No, Aaron, he's still technically running for president. That's the crazy thing in all this. It's very possible that he won't do that. He won't drop out today either. High probability, in fact, that he'll say, I'm going to vote for Secretary Clinton. You should vote for Secretary Clinton. I, though, am going to remain in the race as I advance my political agenda. That could absolutely happen as he's really transitioned his presidential campaign into really a vehicle for his policies. And he's been pushing them uh, week after week including this past weekend at the Democratic National Committee as they uh, constructed their platform, he and his delegates were very, very much involved in that pressing for things like uh, climate change agreements, for, for lowering the age of the Medicare age, and, uh, and, of course, for getting money out of Wall Street, all things that Clinton has, has voiced a little bit of sympathy to. There was always a question, Brad, of what Bernie Sanders wants out of all of this when it became apparent he was not going to be the nominee of the party. Does the the mere presence of a few platform items seem to satisfy his agenda? Well, I I think it's as much as he can hope for, although we do also expect him to touch on something else that's near and dear to his heart, something he's been quietly organizing for weeks now, which is an organization that will uh, prop up progressive candidates around the country in local and statewide races. This is part of the political revolution that he's really been advertising these past several months that – 
that he says Clinton is not actually capable of leading. Those are his words saying that he didn't think Clinton was capable of leading a political revolution. And it's words like that that have really sown a lot of distrust with the Bernie supporters who are in the room. This crowd is mostly Hillary supporters, but I, I think some of these Democratic politicians are not used to the amount of things being shouted back at them. He's got a lot of Bernie supporters in the room, too, shouting his name chanting over the voices of all the Hillary fans and even in some cases yelling back at the podium, uh, accusing some of these Democratic introducers of not being progressive enough. ABC's Brad Milkey live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where Senator Gene Shaheen is on stage uh, under a, a banner that says stronger together against the backdrop of an American flag about to introduce Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders sharing a stage in a way they really haven't since they were at a debate in Brooklyn. And that's when they were going at it as they both fought to become the presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party. Now that it's Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders is going to do his part, even though his supporters had been courted, at least briefly, by Donald Trump. Brad, uh, Trump now says that Bernie is bailing on his backers. Well, and we actually saw several people from both sides of this equation right outside as we walked in. Uh, several Trump supporters saying Hillary Clinton belongs in prison and several Bernie supporters saying exactly the same thing. Now, when I asked them who they would end up voting for, very few of those Bernie supporters said, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Most of them sound like they detest Donald Trump. But as one person said, Donald Trump says crazy things. He says bad things. Hillary Clinton does bad things. And that person said that they couldn't vote for Hillary Clinton, even if she did get the endorsement of Sanders today. They said they'd rather write in Bernie's name in November or even look at the Green Party candidate, Jill Stein, as we've seen uh, the rise of Jill Stein and her libertarian counterpart, Gary Johnson. ABC's Brad Milkey live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton are about to be introduced by Senator Gene Shaheen, who has been on stage uh, talking to the supporters in the room. And as Brad notes, there's a, a mix in the crowd, some ardent Hillary Clinton supporters, some ardent Bernie Sanders supporters. Brad, it's been true for most of the primary campaign that the the these passion seem to be with with Sanders, uh, where the, the 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 more, I guess, just raw, let's get it done kind of crowd seem to be with, with Clinton, but she could use a little passion. And you know what? That's what some Clinton fans have actually told me sitting, sitting in the stands. They said, I like the volume that the Bernie Sanders supporters are bringing. I, I like the energy that especially these young, independent-minded people are bringing. And in fact, some of them even kind of cracked a smile when they saw these young people standing up and shouting at some of these politicians that are speaking now. A lot of Democrats in this state and around the country think that political leaders need to be held to a little bit more account. But then there's also those Clinton supporters that are tired of the name-calling, uh, of the shouting, of the protest testing happening outside and inside Clinton rallies, a lot of them not from Republicans, from Democrats and independents who, who wanted to vote for Sanders and uh, now are being told to cast their vote for Clinton perhaps in the fall. Brad, any assessment by either the campaigns or, or even just some of the supporters you're speaking to there in New Hampshire about whether Sanders did any lasting or permanent damage to Clinton going forward? seems like that's the thing that nobody wants to talk about, Aaron. Everyone really seems to be saying this is a moment of unity, although I don't know how much kumbaya there actually is. In fact, right now, you can hear Hillary and Bernie fans chanting over each other, competing chants of Hillary and Bernie. And I think that speaks to the divide that is still in the Democratic Party. Now, it might not be as uh, it might not be one against the other so much as people rooting for their own particular favorite, 
But they've got a lot of work to do with less than two weeks now until the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, each among the least popular candidates ever to run for president, the presumptive nominees of their political parties, and the political conventions just days away. ABC's Brad Milkey with us live from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where Senator Gene Shaheen is still on stage, about to introduce Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. The crowd doesn't seem to need firing up, but uh, this boisterous crowd is is anxious to see, as Brad describes it, a potential moment of unity, although not necessarily that kumbaya moment where everybody just gets along. Progressives have long been skeptical of the Clintons, before Hillary Clinton, but uh, Bill Clinton, too. And so whether she is ultimately going to be their candidate, uh, as Brad notes, is still very much in doubt. And yet, Hillary Clinton is going to make a play to say that whether they support her, she supports them, and she, she will say, is more in line with their agenda than, say, Donald Trump. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. In Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Senator Gene Shaheen is on stage at the high school waiting to introduce Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders for a moment that didn't seem like it would ever come, given the length of the primary campaign. But now Bernie Sanders is set to back Hillary Clinton. Whether his supporters go along, of course, is an open question. ABC's Brad Milkey, live in Portsmouth at the event. Brad. And you know, Aaron, this is an interesting place for this to be. It was here in Portsmouth eight years ago that Hillary Clinton famously uh, was on the brink of tears describing how much she wanted the presidency. And of course... Now in 2016, she got her clock cleaned by Bernie Sanders. Remember, he won this state by 22 points. So it's no accident that they're back here in New Hampshire, where now he is going to be the one to return here, just the way that Hillary Clinton did eight years ago. She and she joined President Obama in a town in New Hampshire called Unity, New Hampshire, to, fo- to formally endorse him. Now it's Bernie Sanders trudging back to the state where he won, and he is going to have to tell people around the country to get on board with Hillary Clinton. Uh, for, as he says, he certainly wants to see Donald Trump defeated. And that, I guess, is something that most of the people in this room can agree on. ABC's Brad Milkey live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where Senator Jean Shaheen has finished her remarks. The applause and music continue. Stronger Together is the big banner in the room. And now we wait for the introduction of Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton campaigning together in a way we have not seen before during the stretch of this long campaign as Sanders gets set to endorse Clinton at this joint rally in Portsmouth. ABC's Brad Milkey is there in the room, and Brad, as you say, a real mix uh, of supporters, but perhaps banded together uh, in uh, apparent defeat of Donald Trump? Yeah, perhaps, although, it, 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 again, it's, this is not a standard Hillary Clinton rally, right? Hillary Clinton is usually not looking at signs that say, Yogi's for, for Hillary. But there we see a sign that says, Yogi's for, for Bernie Sanders, as you see this sort of alt-left crowd that Bernie Sanders attracts, now trying, perhaps, to wrap their arms around Hillary Clinton. But a lot of them have been skeptical, Aaron, and, and they've said to me in the stand so far as they uh, continue to press into this New Hampshire high school gym, uh, that regardless of whether Sanders says to vote for her, that they just see her as untrustworthy. And, and some people said, I will reassess my views now that Bernie Sanders tells me to vote for Hillary Clinton. But very few of them said it was a slam dunk. In fact, uh, this all seems to go back to, you know, whether you have been following Hillary Clinton for the last 25 years. As a, If you're a Democrat who's been uh, on her side for 25 years, as a lot of the people in this room have, uh, the latest round of scandals to do with emails, just one more 
a partisan divide. But if you've if you've ever been skeptical, perhaps there's no better time to join the anti-Hillary bandwagon as you've got Loretta Lynch testifying in Congress uh, about Hillary Clinton's email practices and her ethics. ABC's Brad Milkey in the Portsmouth High School gymnasium where Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders are about to speak together, stronger together, as the banner in the room says. And Bernie Sanders is set to offer his support to her candidacy, although we're not sure he's going to formally drop out or not. There's the introduction from the PA system overhead. The music blares, and Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders emerge from a blue curtain into the warm embrace of a crowd campaigning side by side. A Secret Service detail watching the crowd carefully from behind as Senator Sanders and Secretary Clinton shake hands with supporters, pause for selfies, a smile on the face of Hillary Clinton. Looks like a smile on the face of Bernie Sanders, too. Let's get live in the room at ABC's Brad Milkey. Aaron, people here are all standing on their feet now, all holding whatever sign they have over their head, whether it's a Hillary Clinton sign or Bernie for President sign. Everyone excited now as sort of the idols of the moment come out together, uh, looking as unified as you could expect them to, Aaron. As they continue to go around and say hello to people in the room, this is a moment that a lot of people could not see happening for at least that several week span where they were absolutely sliding into each other. But now here they are, people looking absolutely giddy as they make their way in front of this large American flag in this small high school gym in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders now walking up a small flight of stairs onto the stage, waving to supporters who are waving back at them with flags, with signs. Everybody has a, a camera or a cell phone in the air to take pictures of this moment of unity against an American flag backdrop with the words stronger together flanked on either side of these two candidates who have fought hard for months and now finally are ready to share a stage just two weeks before the Democratic National Convention. Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders side by side, whispering to one another, clapping along with some of the music and the cheers of the crowd. Another wave from Sanders. He has a few sheets of paper with him set to address a crowd that will not quiet down. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton seem to recognize a few faces in the crowd. They've each been to New Hampshire many times. Sanders won it during the primary. But Clinton fought hard in New Hampshire before. And now the two of them are trying to settle everybody down. To get started with their remarks, it's going to be Bernie Sanders first, live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And you're listening to live coverage from ABC News. Bill McKibben, Jim Dean, Governor Hassan, Senator Shaheen, Thank you very much for your kind remarks. And let me begin by thanking the 13 million Americans who voted for me during the Democratic primaries. And thank you, New Hampshire, for giving us our first great victory. 
a very special thanks to the people of the state of Vermont whose support for so many years as a mayor, as a congressman, as a senator, and as a presidential candidate have sustained me and Jane and our entire family. Vermont, thank you. Let me also thank the hundreds of thousands of volunteers throughout this country and every state in the Union who work so hard on our campaign and the millions of contributors who showed the world that we could run a successful national campaign based on small individual contributions. Two and a half million of them. Together, we have begun a political revolution to transform America, and that revolution continues. Together, we will continue to fight for a government which represents all of us and not just the one percent. A government based on the principles of economic, social, racial, and environmental justice. I am proud of the campaign we ran here in New Hampshire and across the country. Our campaign won the primaries and caucuses in 22 states. And when the roll call at the Democratic National Convention is announced, it will show that we won almost 1,900 delegates. Far more than almost anyone thought we could win. But it is not enough to win the nomination. Secretary Clinton goes into the convention with 389 more pledge delegates than we have and a lot more superdelegates. Secretary Clinton has won the Democratic nominating process. And I congratulate her for that. She will be the Democratic nominee for president, and I intend to do everything I can 
to make certain she will be the next President of the United States. I have come here today not to talk about the past, but to focus on the future. That future will be shaped more by what happens on November 8th in voting booths across our nation than by any other event in the world. I have come here to make it as clear as possible as to why I am endorsing Hillary Clinton and why she must become our next president. During the last year, I have had the extraordinary opportunity, an extraordinary opportunity to speak to more than 1.4 million Americans at rallies in almost every state in our country. I was also able to meet with many thousands of other people at smaller gatherings. And the profound lesson that I have learned is that this campaign is not really about Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or any other candidate who sought the presidency. This campaign is about the needs of the American people and addressing and addressing the very serious crises that we face. And there is no doubt in my mind that as we head into November, Hillary Clinton is far and away the best candidate to do that. It is very easy to forget, and Republicans want us to forget, where we were seven and a half years ago when President Obama came into office. As a result of the greed, recklessness, and illegal behavior on Wall Street, our economy was in the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. Some 800,000 people a month were losing their jobs. We were running up a record-breaking deficit, and the world's financial system was on the verge of collapse. We have come a long way in the last seven and a half years, and I thank President Obama and
I thank President Obama and Vice President Biden for their leadership in pulling us out of that terrible recession. But I think we can all agree that much, much more needs to be done. Too many Americans are still being left out, left behind, and ignored. In the richest country in the history of the world, there is too much poverty, there is too much despair. This election is about the single mother I saw in Nevada, who with tears in her eyes told me that she was scared to death of the future because she and her daughter were not making it on the $10.45 an hour she was earning. This election is about that woman and the millions of other workers in this country who are falling further and further behind as they try to survive on totally inadequate wages. Hillary Clinton understands that we must fix an economy in America that is rigged and that sends almost all of the new wealth and income to the top 1%. Hillary Clinton understands that if someone in America works 40 hours a week, that person should not be living in poverty. She believes, we all believe, that we must raise the minimum wage to a living wage. And further, she wants to create millions of new jobs by rebuilding our crumbling infrastructure, our roads, our bridges, our water systems, our wastewater plants. But her opponent, Donald Trump, well, he has a very different view. He believes that states should have the right to lower the minimum wage or even abolish the concept of the minimum wage. If Donald Trump is elected, we will see no increase in the federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour, a starvation wage. This election is about which candidate will nominate Supreme Court justices who are <laughs> who will nominate Supreme Court justices who are prepared to overturn the disastrous Citizens United decision A decision which is allowing billionaires to buy elections and is undermining our democracy. This election is about who will appoint 
new justices on the Supreme Court who will defend a woman's right to choose. who will defend the rights of the LGBT community. Who will defend workers' rights, the needs of minorities and immigrants, and the government's ability to protect our environments. If anyone out there thinks that this election is not important, take a moment to think about the Supreme Court justices that Donald Trump will nominate and what that means to civil liberties, equal rights, and the future of our country. This campaign is about moving the United States toward universal health care. And reducing the number of people in our country who are uninsured or underinsured. Hillary Clinton wants to see that all Americans have the right to choose a public option in their health care exchange, which will lower the cost of health care for millions. She also believes that anyone 55 years or older should be able to opt in to Medicare. And she wants to see millions more Americans gain access to primary health care, dental care, mental health counseling, and low-cost prescription drugs. Through a major and dramatic expansion of community health centers throughout this country. Hillary is committed to seeing thousands of young doctors, nurses, psychologists, dentists, and other medical professionals practice in underserved areas as we follow through on President Obama's idea of tripling funding for the National Health Service Corps. In New Hampshire, in Vermont, and across this country, we have a major epidemic of opiate and heroin addiction. People are dying every day from overdoses. Hillary Clinton understands that if we are serious about addressing this crisis, we need major changes in the way we deliver mental health treatment throughout this country. And that is what expanding community health centers will do, and that is what getting medical personnel into the areas we need them most 
will do. And what is Donald Trump's position on health care? Well, no surprise there. Same old, same old Republican contempt for working families. He wants to abolish the Affordable Care Act, throw 20, throw 20 million people off of the health insurance they currently have and cut Medicaid for low-income Americans. The last thing we need today in America is a president who doesn't care about whether millions of Americans will lose access to the health care coverage they desperately need. We need more people with access to quality health care, not fewer. Hillary Clinton also understands that millions of our seniors, disabled veterans, and others are struggling with the outrageously high cost of prescription drugs. She and I are in agreement that Medicare must negotiate drug prices with the pharmaceutical industry. And that we must expand the use of generic medicine. Drug companies should not be making billions in profit while one out of five Americans are unable to afford the medicine they need. The greed of the drug companies must end. This election is about the grotesque level of income and wealth inequality that currently exists. The worst it has been in our country since 1928. Hillary Clinton knows that something is fundamentally wrong when the very rich become richer while many others are working longer hours for lower wages. She knows that it is absurd that middle-class Americans are paying an effective tax rate higher than hedge fund millionaires. And that there are corporations in this country that make billions of dollars a year in profit, yet because of the loopholes that their lobbyists created in a given year, they do not pay a nickel in federal taxes. That is wrong. While Hillary Clinton supports making our tax code fairer and more progressive, Donald Trump wants to give hundreds of billions of dollars in tax breaks to the very wealthiest people in this country. His reckless economic policies will not only exacerbate income and wealth inequality, they will increase our national debt by trillions of dollars. This election is about the thousands of young people I have met throughout this country who have left college deeply in debt, the many others who cannot afford to go to college, and the need in this country 
to have the best educated workforce in a highly competitive global economy. Hillary Clinton believes that we must substantially lower student debt and that we must make public colleges and universities tuition-free for the middle class and working families of this country. This is a major initiative that will revolutionize higher education in this country and improve the lives of so many of our people. Think of what it will mean. Think of this. When every child in this country, regardless of the income of his or her family, knows that if they study hard, if they take school seriously, yes, they will be able to get a college education and leave school without that. <clears throat> this election is about climate change, the greatest environmental crisis facing our planet, and the need to leave this world in a way that is healthy and habitable for our children and future generations. Hillary Clinton is listening to the scientists who tell us that if we do not act boldly in the very near future, there will be more drought, more floods, more acidification of the oceans, more rising sea levels. She understands that we must work with countries around the world in transforming our energy system away from fossil fuel and, and, and away from fossil fuels and into energy efficiency and sustainable energy. And that when we do that, we can create a whole lot of good-paying jobs. Well, Donald Trump, like most Republicans, sadly and tragically is choosing to reject science, something no presidential candidate should ever do. He believes that climate change is a hoax. In fact, he wants to expand the use of fossil fuels. That would be a disaster for our country and for the entire planet. This election is about the leadership we need to pass comprehensive immigration reform and repair a broken criminal justice system. It's about making sure that young people in this country are in good schools or at good jobs, not in jail cells. <laughs> Secretary Clinton understands that we do not need to have more people in jail 
than any other country on earth at an expense of $80 billion a year. In these stressful times for our country, this election must be about bringing our people together, not dividing us up. While Donald Trump is busy insulting Mexicans and Muslims and women and African Americans and our veterans, Hillary Clinton understands that our diversity is one of our greatest strengths. Yes, we become stronger when black and white, Latino, Asian American, Native American, all of us stand together. Yes, we become stronger when men and women, young and old, gay and straight, native-born and immigrant, fight to rid this country of all forms of bigotry. It is no secret that Hillary Clinton and I disagree on a number of issues. That is what this campaign has been about. That is what democracy is about. But I am happy to tell you that at the Democratic Platform Committee, which ended Sunday night in Orlando, there was a significant coming together between the two campaigns, and we produced We produced by far the most progressive platform in the history of the Democratic Party. Our job now is to see that platform implemented by a democratically controlled Senate a democratically controlled House, and a Hillary Clinton presidency. to be in every corner of this country to make certain that happens. I have known Hillary Clinton for 25 years. We were a bit younger then. I remember her as a great first lady who broke precedent in terms of the role that a First Lady was supposed to play.
and as she helped lead the fight to universal health care. I served with her in the U.S. Senate and know her as a fierce advocate for the rights of our children. And I know her, and all of you know her, is one of the most intelligent people that we have ever met. Hillary Clinton will make an outstanding president, and I am proud to stand with her today. Thank you all very much. Live from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Bernie Sanders endorsing his former rival Hillary Clinton, the two now embracing on stage at Portsmouth High School and waving to the crowd a full-throated endorsement from Bernie Sanders, who in theory is still running for president. But now he says he will work to make sure Clinton is the next president of the United States and she takes the podium in Portsmouth. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. So many friends, old and new. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I have to say it is such a great privilege to be here with Senator Sanders. Being here with him in New Hampshire, I can't help but reflect how much more enjoyable this election is going to be now that we are on the same side. Because you know what? We are stronger together. And I want to give a special thanks to someone who has been with Senator Sanders every step of the way, not just throughout this campaign, but over the years, his wonderful wife, Jane Sanders. And also, I've had the pleasure of meeting his son, Levy Sanders, thank you. I also appreciate greatly having the opportunity for all of us to hear from the speakers beforehand, Governor Maggie Hassan, the next senator from the state of New Hampshire, Senator Jean Shaheen, who is doing a tremendous job for you, and we are delighted to have heard from and have with us Bill McKibben and Jim Dean. Over these last few weeks, Bernie and I have worked together on plans to put college within reach for more people and to ensure that everyone in America has access to quality, affordable health care. And now, with your help, we are joining forces to defeat Donald Trump, win in New November, and yes, together, build a future we can all believe in.
Just as Bernie said, over the years, I've gotten to know him as a colleague and a friend. His reputation for passionate advocacy hasn't always made him the most popular person in Washington. But you know what? That's generally a sign you're doing something right. And throughout this campaign, Senator Sanders has brought people off the sidelines and into the political process. He has energized and inspired a generation of young people who care deeply about our country and are building a movement that is bigger than one candidate or one campaign. So thank you, thank you, Bernie, for your endorsement, but more than that, Thank you for your lifetime of fighting injustice. I am proud to be fighting alongside you because, my friends, this is a time for all of us to stand together. These have been difficult days for America. Taking, yes, they do, and taking on, taking on the systemic racism that plagues our country and rebuilding the frayed bonds of trust and respect between law enforcement and the communities they serve will require contributions from all of us. And we have to begin by starting to listen to each other. And more than that, we then have to come together to do something that will help us fix these problems and heal these wounds. We have to reform our broken criminal justice system take back our democracy from the wealthy special interests, and make our economy work for everyone, not just those at the top. And you know what? We have to do all these things at the same time. That's why throughout this campaign, we've been calling for eliminating racial profiling and disparities in sentencing, ending the era of mass incarceration, dismantling the school-to-prison pipeline, providing more employment opportunities for formerly incarcerated people. In addition to that, I am proposing two new steps that get law enforcement the support they need while also stopping the tragedy, the tragedy of black men and women and black children being killed in police incidents. First, First, let's bring law enforcement and the communities they swear to protect and serve together to develop national guidelines on the use of force by police officers. And second, let's provide better training on implicit bias.
That remains a problem even in our best police departments, but it also remains a problem across society. And I'm asking for all of us to really search our hearts and minds to make sure we don't, we don't have those implicit biases. Let's learn from police departments like Dallas that had made strong progress and apply their lessons nationwide. Because everyone in every community benefits when there is respect for the law and when everyone is respected by the law. Remember, <clears throat> when gunfire broke out in Dallas, the peaceful protesters and the crowds that had gathered to support them ran to safety, while the police officers, who just minutes before had been talking with and taking pictures with and protecting the protesters, the police officers ran the other way. They ran into the gunfire. That's the kind of courage and dedication our police and first responders show every single day. So yes, let's take real, meaningful action to end the epidemic of gun violence in America. From Sandy Hook to Orlando to Dallas and so many other places, these tragedies tear at our soul. And so do the incidents that don't even dominate the headlines. Just this past Sunday, a young man, Seth Rich, who worked for the Democratic National Committee to expand voting rights, was shot and killed in his neighborhood in Washington. He was just 27 years old. Surely we can agree that weapons of war have no place on the streets of America. Our police and first responders should never have to face a madman, a racist, a person filled with hatred, with an assault weapon. We owe it to every officer who puts his or her life on the line to protect us. So let's protect them. And we can't stop there. This is part of a broader challenge across our country. Inequality is too high, wages are too low, and it is just too hard to get ahead for too many Americans. We need an economy that works for everyone, not just those at the top, not just the millionaires and billionaires, but everybody. And to do that, we need to go big and we need to go bold. This isn't a time for half measures.
So we are setting five ambitious goals. For starters, in my first 100 days as president, we will make the biggest investment in new, good-paying jobs since World War II. More jobs here in New Hampshire and across our country, especially in places that have been left out and left behind, in communities of color, in coal country, Indian country, everywhere where a person deserves the same shot at the American dream as anybody else in our country. And when I say good-paying jobs, I mean it. As Bernie said, Donald Trump thinks wages are too high. He actually stood on a debate stage and said so. He does want to get rid of the federal minimum wage altogether. Well, both Senator Sanders and I believe anyone who is willing to work hard should be able to find a job that pays well enough to support a family, and Bernie is right, $7.25 an hour is a starvation wage. So, sorry, Donald, if you're watching. We're not cutting the minimum wage, we're raising the minimum wage. And we're going to create millions of good jobs by making America the clean energy superpower of the 21st century. As Bernie reminds us so powerfully, we owe it to future generations to work together to combat climate change. And we're going to do it. We've got the intelligence, we've got the innovation, we're going to roll up our sleeves and demonstrate to the world what America is made of. We're going to have that clean energy economy and we're going to make it work for everybody. And make no mistake, we will defend American jobs and American workers by saying no to the assaults on the right to organize and bargain collectively. And we're going to say no to attacks on working families and no to bad trade deals and unfair trade practices, including the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Second, we're going to make college debt-free for all and help millions of people struggling with existing student debt save thousands of dollars. Here in New Hampshire, you know, students are carrying one of the highest debt loads in the country. I've heard from young people who can't start a business, move out of their parents' home, or even get married because of all the student debt holding them back. So with your help, 
We're going to make it so future students won't have to borrow a dime to attend public colleges or universities. Thanks to the new proposal Senator Sanders and I worked on together, for families making less than $125,000 a year, we will eliminate tuition at those schools altogether. And we will do more to help students cover all the costs of getting an education, including books, supplies, and living expenses. Because in the words of a student I met here in New Hampshire, paying for college shouldn't be the hardest thing about going to college. Third, we're going to rewrite the rules and crack down on companies that ship jobs and profits overseas. Let's reward the companies that share profits with their employees instead. And we will defend and strengthen the tough reforms President Obama put in place on the financial industry, not let Donald Trump tear them up. Because we do, we do need to make sure Wall Street can never wreck Main Street again. Number four, we're going to make sure Wall Street corporations and the super-rich pay their fair share of taxes. When people say the game is rigged, the best evidence is our tax code. It is riddled with scams, loopholes, and special breaks. It is wrong that some millionaires do pay a lower tax rate than their secretaries, and we're going to stop it. Now compare, compare what Senator Sanders and I intend to do with Donald Trump's plan. His tax plan would make our current system even worse. Independent analysts say he would add $30 trillion to the national debt in order to give a massive gift to the wealthiest Americans, Wall Street money managers, and our largest corporations, but after all, what else should we expect from someone who calls himself the king of debt? Now, we have been pointing out, we've been pointing out the problems with his tax plan for months, and I think Donald is starting to feel the pressure. In fact, even as we speak, he's apparently bringing in the biggest names in trickle-down supply-side economics to help him figure out what to do. Now, these are the same advisors who brought us 30 years of a disastrous Republican philosophy that gave the huge breaks to those at the top. Now, you don't have to be a psychic to know what's going to happen next. They're going to come back with another plan with maybe some bells and whistles, Bernie, that tries to disguise the fact that they still are slashing taxes for the wealthy, large corporations, and Donald Trump himself. And they'll try to use voodoo economics.
to tell us all the ways it will actually help the economy. But they're not fooling anybody, at least I hope they're not. Just like his current plan, which he calls inspiring, tremendous, and amazing. You know, he uses a lot of adjectives to avoid telling you any specifics. Here's what we know for sure. Whatever he comes out with next is going to give huge tax cuts to the corporations and the rich at the expense of the middle class. Now, there's that old saying. You've heard it. I used to hear it a lot in Arkansas. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. And I got to tell you, the first time that the Republicans pulled the voodoo economics, you know, they fooled us. Shame on them. But if they come back with the same argument and people fall for it, shame on us. But I will promise you this, Senator Sanders and I will spare no effort to make sure the people of America know that once again, Trump and his cronies are trying to pull the wool over our eyes and come back with the same failed policies that hurt us before. We're not going to let them get away with it again. And finally, our fifth goal is we're going to step up and respond to the way American families actually live and work in the 21st century. Our families and our workplaces have changed, so isn't it time for our policies to change too? Let's expand Social Security to match today's realities, not cut or privatize it. Let's join the rest of the developed world and offer paid family leave. And finally, let's guarantee equal pay for women once and for all. I can just envision the tweets Donald is putting together. And you know, Donald Trump can accuse me of playing the woman card all he wants. If fighting for equal pay and paid family leave is playing the woman card, then deal me in. And I'll tell you, these aren't just my fights. These are Bernie's fights. These are America's fights. And I feel with all my being, these are fights we have to wage and win together. As Bernie and his supporters have argued so eloquently, we won't get anywhere unless we overhaul our campaign finance system.
It is past time to end the stranglehold of wealthy special interests in Washington and get back to government of the people, by the people, and for the people. That's why, as president, from my very first days, I will make campaign finance reform a top priority. We will do everything we can to overturn Citizens United. And we will require everybody, Democrats, Republicans, independents, whoever, to disclose all of their donors. And while we're at it, we are going to create a small donor matching system to make it easy for more Americans to be elected at every level of government. Because just like, just like Bernie, I have met so many impressive people here in New Hampshire and across America with great ideas for our country. I want to see you run for office and win. And here's another radical idea. Let's make it easier to vote, not harder. Let's fight back against attacks on voting rights across the country, attacks that disproportionately affect low-income voters, people of color, students, the elderly, and women. That means we need to restore the Voting Rights Act and then keep going. All Americans should be automatically registered to vote on their 18th birthday. Every state should have at least 20 days of in-person voting, and no one in America should ever have to wait more than 30 minutes to cast their ballot. So Senator Sanders and I will be working to get unaccountable money out of politics and the voices of everyday Americans back in, because as Bernie has said, this isn't a progressive issue. It's not a conservative issue. It's an American issue. And let me close with this. To everyone here and everyone across the country who poured your heart and soul into Senator Sanders' campaign, thank you. Thank you. I was proud of the campaign we ran. It was a campaign about issues, not insults. And our country desperately needs your voices and involvement. And so does this campaign, and so does the Democratic Party, because you know what? We need to take back the Senate and take back the House and make sure we have Democratic governors and Democratic state legislators. Let's open the doors to everyone who shares our progressive values. This is one of the most important elections in our lifetimes. So I'm asking you to stand with us, and then I'm asking you to keep working in the weeks, months, and yes, years ahead. You will always have a seat at the table when I am in the White House.
As Bernie will tell you, talk is cheap. We need to keep fighting to make sure everything we've stood for is real in the lives of people across America. This amazing country of ours is worthy of our best efforts. This election, let's send a clear message. In America, we don't tear each other down, we lift each other up. We build bridges, not walls. We put common interest ahead of self-interest. We stand together because we're stronger together. So I need your help. Please join this campaign. Make it your own. You can take out your phone right now and text JOIN, J-O-I-N, 47246, or go to HillaryClinton.com. We accept $20, $27 donations too, you know. I can't tell you how grateful I am to be standing here with Senator Sanders because I think both of us realize that each of our campaigns together represent the best of who we are. And now it is time for us to take that message to the rest of the country. I am fully aware that the other side will do everything possible to distort, to disinform, and we can't let that happen. We have to be standing up and fighting for the America that we know we can create together. I am confident and optimistic about our future, particularly when it comes to young people. I think America's best years are still ahead of us. So join with us. Let's make this happen together and win the election. Thank you very much. Live from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Hillary Clinton saying we are stronger together after the endorsement of former rival Bernie Sanders. Sanders said he and his supporters started a revolution that continues, but he conceded Clinton has won the Democratic nominating process. He patted her shoulder at one point and offered congratulations, then pledged to do everything he can to make certain she is the next president of the United States. He said she is far and away the best candidate to address the needs of the American people. I'm Aaron Katursky. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. Straight back to Portsmouth, New Hampshire at ABC's Brad Milkey. Brad. Aaron, the whole time these two were standing next to each other, not exactly uh, fawning over each other, not grinning or clapping each other on the back, but rather solemnly listening as this large moment for this campaign was created. Bernie Sanders, a man who has attacked Clinton repeatedly for months over basic ethics issues, basic uh, basic. Uh, accusations of corruption, saying that she's been influenced by big money. No talk of that here, though, with Sanders saying uh, that Clinton understood that she needed to fix the economy as president to not cater to the top 1% of Americans. Meanwhile, in the crowd, it was interesting, uh, those Sanders supporters we were talking about who were so loud before continued cheering throughout Bernie Sanders' speech, but a lot of them left once he was done. In fact, one woman standing up in the top rafters standing with her back turned to Hillary Clinton the entire time, occasionally sticking out a thumbs-down motion. These are the Sanders supporters that Hillary Clinton was appealing to at the very end. She's going to need to win them over to beat someone like Donald Trump in the fall. ABC's Brad Milkey live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. 
Bernie Sanders supporters may not have fathomed this moment after 14 months of personal and policy clashes. Sanders said the Democratic platform, though, is now the most progressive in party history, and he said he would work to elect Hillary Clinton president, unifying the Democratic Party two weeks before its national convention in Philadelphia. I'm Aaron Katursky. You've been listening to live coverage, your voice, your vote from ABC News. ABC News honored winner for the third straight year with the Edward R. Murrow Award for overall excellence in television and radio. ABC News, America's number one news choice. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.